Aren't you glad you got out of bed this morning, huh? Come on, somebody. Hey, hey, this is our fifth one, actually sixth one if you count, if you count Monday, Thursday, but I'm still like a fat kid in a candy store. I'm still excited. Amen. Come on, somebody. That new candy store on Main Street, what's it called? Salty and sweet. I'm going to hammer that thing this afternoon. I'm telling you, come on. I've been fasting all week and praying, but it is over at noon. Amen. After so glad you guys are here. If you've not heard it yet, happy Easter. Happy Easter. It's a great day. Come on. Woo. I love, I love 11 to 30 because there are no time limits, no time constraints. Hey, the pork loin is going to be okay that you've got cooking right now. The roast, it'll manage, all right? We're glad that you guys are here. Listen, we've been praying hard and getting excited. And, and, and I tell you, in, in my excitement, the Lord just continues to take me back to, to things that, that are my roots that I'm thankful for. And, and, and I want to give you the Easter message right now in the next 15 seconds. And you can leave after this if you want to. But we'll see you and it'll be embarrassing, so don't. <laughs> I want you to hear this today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Come on, can we just raise the roof and thank God for his incredible love demonstrated to us by Jesus on the cross. Amen. There is no other name by which men shall be saved. It's at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's a powerful name, isn't it? Woo. I don't know what, what emotions stirred you today when maybe you were watching that opening video Maybe as you catch, caught some of our social media posts throughout the last couple of weeks or received an invite card from, from someone inviting you. You, you, you saw these words and you've heard it mentioned like the wall, the wall. And, and I want you to, I want to put you at ease to let you know this is not a political message today, but it is a biblical one. Is that okay? I just, I'm going to stick to the Bible. I don't understand a lot of stuff, but, but I'm just going to, I want to stick to the word of God. Amen. You know, this, this word, the wall of the walls throughout the Bible, you, you, you might be surprised how often this word is used some, some 245 times as you read through, through the Bible, you're going to find that word wall or, or, or the word walls and they oftentimes speak to something that we would know as as, as type of a of, of a border wall. We in in the video that we watched today, we we saw and heard about uh, the walls in, in in Babylon. Listen, these things were were huge. The 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 walls of Babylon were three hundred and eighty seven feet tall and eighty seven feet thick. You, you, you wonder why, why the guys building your home out of a few pieces of stone can't do it a little bit quicker with modern technology. I'm talking about these were real dudes back in the day building these massive walls. These walls were important. Most of the cities that we read about and, and most of the ancient civilizations have always been protected and hedged in by some sort of protective wall. It, it, it kept 
unauthorized people from entering. It kept maybe wild animals in the area from, from making their way in. It, it, it protected, it, it kept those inside the walls safe and sound. It protected them oftentimes, just as we heard about the Great Wall of China, it protected them from the marauding enemies, right? Now, now for those of us in, in our lifetime, probably the 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 wall that we know of the most is the Berlin Wall, right? Uh, we, 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 we know that, that in, in, in 1961, the construction of, of, of this wall that divided a city, Berlin, Germany, East and West, this wall that, 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 that was built to, to keep, keep things, I, I don't understand the reason why. The East from the West and different mindsets and, and it was a political move and, and, and maybe even some fears. But what we know is that this wall divided not only a city, it divided families. Family gatherings such as maybe that, that you're experiencing this weekend halted because it made this wall made it impossible for people to pass freely, to come and go as they had throughout their lifetime. This wall was almost impenetrable. They even laced some of it with razor wire. There were some sections of this wall in Berlin that had armed guards and dozens of people were killed trying to make a run for it, to try to get across to the other side to freedom or to be reunited with family and friends. Many of us remember that, 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 that famous speech. I, I wasn't born yet when, when Ronald Reagan, a former U.S. president, made this speech in 1987. Whatever, come on. That's the only time I'm going to mislead you today, I promise, okay? That was a joke. But in 1987, standing in front of the Brandenburg Gate, many of us were glued to our television sets when we heard then-President Ronald Reagan issue this, this decree to Mikhail Gorbachev, the leader of Russia. Mr. Gorbachev! tear down this wall. You remember that? Two years later, 1989, we were fascinated as we began to see young Berliners take sledgehammers to that wall and chip it away. Cranes bulldozing it over. People parading through the streets with some of it above their head. You, you can probably buy a piece of it on Amazon today and have it shipped directly to your front doorstep. Jubilation, excitement, the wall had come down. There's another wall that I believe is present in our culture today. And, and although the video reminded us there are still some 77 different walls or border fences throughout the world today, th th there is a wall that I think has been constructed that, that, that I want us to focus on this afternoon if you guys are okay with that. It, it is a wall that 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 just as many of the great walls throughout civilization have come down, this wall needs to be removed as well. When, when I think of, of Easter, there are so many thoughts that, that come to my mind, like those Cadbury eggs. I love those. I, I, I love those. You can tell. I love those, right? Um, uh, but, but there are a lot of traditions and things that many of us experience during this time of the year. Many of us went shopping uh, for the first time since Christmas and we bought a, a new outfit. There are family gatherings and celebrations. Families today are, are camping out and, and, and getting ready for fiesta and things. Of, I mean, there's just so much going on. But when I think of Easter and, and, and a story that, that, that can be quite 
familiar to some of us that, that we lose its significance. Here, here's the deal. I'm, I, I think of a wall. And I think of a wall that's been constructed, as we saw in the video, between a holy, perfect God in heaven and humanity. A, a, a wall that has been built. And, and, and this wall, you need to know, has its history and its origins from, from almost the beginning of time. I don't know if this wall started being constructed on, on day eight or day nine of creation or, or year one or two, whatever, I don't know. But, but what, what I do know is that there was something that took place in, a, in, in, an, in, an, in an area known as the Garden of Eden one day that, 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 that led to this wall's origin. We, we, we know that there was a time in all of history where, where things between God and man were perfect, set in place. It was right. Man walked and talked with God and, and he was unashamed of things and there was no pain or suffering. He never sweat. All he had to do was name an animal today, Adam. If that's all, can you just help me out? Zebra, great, good job, Adam, you're done. Sleep, Right? But we know that there was a time in which man and woman developed this rebellious spirit, this rebellious attitude towards God, this, 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 this idyllic place that they could enjoy and experience. There, there was one thing that, that, that God warned them, hey, listen, please steer clear of this. Do not partake of its fruit. But we know, we know that, 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 that the man in, in his own spirit said, you know what, who, who, who are you, God, to tell me what I can and cannot do? The, the, the enemy began to chirp in their ears and say, hey, listen, well, why can't you, if it's all, why can't you partake of that? And we know that as they partook of the fruit and ate it, this wall was starting to be built. In fact, in Genesis chapter three, it says, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame. Now, before we start throwing stones at our predecessors and blaming the demise of our country on Adam and Eve, let me just encourage you with something today. We are still contributing to the construction of this wall that started in Genesis 3. Because you see, this idea of sin, this rebellious attitude towards God, it's not something that stopped years ago. It is something that still eats us up. You know, if there's something that all of us in this room today have in common, it's this thing called sin. We all are, are adding blocks to this wall. We are adding stones and bricks and mortar. And this wall is still being constructed even in our culture today. In fact, the prophet Isaiah would say that it is your sins that have cut you off from God. Just as it was present in the Garden of Eden, it was at that moment that they felt shame and felt embarrassed and noticed their nakedness. That, that toil and work became prominent, that, that pain during childbirth became present, that brother would start fighting against brother. It has continued to escalate even to the day in which we celebrate this day. Would you agree with me? And the Bible calls that wall sin. It's, it's, it's what has kept us, the most prized creation of God, from coming in to his presence. The Israelites understood this idea of separation. In fact, when you fast forward to the Old Testament and, you, and you, when, when you find that they begin to receive instructions from God about the construction of, of the temple, God begins to lay out for them specific 
action steps, specific items that must be present. He, he, he detailed the colors that were to be present. He, he told them what types of, of, of construction tools and products to use. He laid out the dimensions. I mean, there were specific things that God laid out for them. And in the midst of all of this, in the midst of this beautiful temple that they would construct, there would be in the center of it a very, very special room, a special place where the presence of God symbolically would rest and be present. That, of course, was called the Holy of Holies. Now, if you know anything about the construction of the temple, and if you know anything about this special room, the Holy of Holies, it, it was this place was, was not for everyone. This was a place where, where, where the very presence of a holy, perfect, sinless God rested. But because mankind had, had already developed a rebellious attitude and, and had started sinning and doing their own thing, what happened was there, there was something constructed to keep a fallen, broken, rebellious humanity from coming into the presence of God. You, you might call it a wall. We know it as a veil. But, but to me, this was not just a veil. This was not just some shower curtain you have hanging in your guest bathroom. This was not just some thinly clad uh, window treatment that you have in your home. This, this veil to me was, was more like a, a wall. You, you, you've got a picture. This, this was no joke. This thing that, that walled off the Holy of Holies from, from humanity was, was not a joke. Think it, it was 60 feet long. It was 30 feet wide and it was four inches thick. Now, now, before you start going, wow, that's pretty impressive that there would be a, a six-story curtain in a room. I know that you've got vaulted ceilings, ceilings many of you in your homes, but, but I'm, this is six-story curtain. This is massive and impressive. What, what, what's more impressive to me was the thickness of it all. Four inches. Scripture says that it was the, the breadth of a man's palm. It was four inches thick. Have you been to Hobby Lobby recently to look for a four-inch thick piece of fabric? I tried it Friday, can't do it. They look at you like deer in the headlights or like your teenager when you say, would you clean your room up? Are you with me there? It's impressive. This veil was so huge that some researchers say that it was four to six tons in weight, that it would take well over 300 men just to maneuver and manipulate it whatsoever. So see, this was not just some shower curtain in your house. This was a wall and, and it was so imposing and so impressive. It was kind of a, a slap in the face. Every time someone stood in front of it, it said this, you are not allowed in here because I am holy and you are not. You're sinful, broken, fallen mankind. Now we know that, that no one was allowed to enter into that except for one. There was a high priest that once a year would, would be able to uh, allow it into the, the Holy of Holies and he would go in and ceremonial, ceremonially offer a sacrifice for the sins of humanity. He would go in and, 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 and the, listen, he, he didn't just barge in. There was a lot of preparation that had to take place. There were customs and rituals and things that he needed to do personally to prepare himself. There was a certain way he had to dress 
with the pomegranates, jingle, jangle, jingle, with the bells in the appropriate manner. There, there was a rope wrapped around his waist so that if something bad did go down, if he did go into the Holy of Holies in an inappropriate way, we could at least drag by the rope his dead body out of there. Listen, I don't know how you walked on the campus today, but a lot of you probably came on came onto it just nonchalantly, right? I mean, you came in here, you're drinking coffee, you're high-fiving, you got your Tommy Bahama on and flip-flops. I mean, you, you, you look great. And, and, and I don't know what kind of preparation went into your coming to church today, but I'm telling you, no one could just enter into the Holy of Holies. In fact, archaeologists discovered a stone in 1831, uh, a, a stone that had an inscription on it that they have traced back to, to being near the entrance to the, to the Holy of Holies. Listen to what it was inscribed on this stone. No foreigner is to enter within the banister and the embankment around the sanctuary. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame for his own death, which follows. <laughs> you know, that means trespassers will be killed. This is probably where that, that little wristlet chain that you put on your kid and you wear that kind of doesn't let them get too far. You, you, this is probably where it was created because you didn't just want your kid to kind of crawl through and make his way. Listen, it meant death for sinful, broken, wretched mankind. Can you imagine how terrifying it must have been to, to not only just see that veil, that wall, but, but can you think of how terrifying it must have been for that priest that did get to go in? Do, do you ever think that maybe he thought, I sure hope that I prepared the right way. I, I hope that my temple assistance, I hope that my garment is, is on point today because it could go bad. That This could go down and it could be wrong. That veil was there to separate a perfect God from sinful people. And, and back then, relating to God had to always take place through this high priest, this, this mediator, this, this go-between. As difficult and as painful as an ordeal as, as, as it was. Symbolically to me, what was even more devastating was this great chasm that had been developed, this wall between a holy God and an imperfect humanity. Are, are, are you picking up yet what I'm talking about today? Separated from God. No access to him. Because a wall has been built. Fast forward to the New Testament. That's why I love when I read in the book of Matthew. Um, a part of, of the crucifixion of Jesus that, that I, I don't know if you've really caught the significance of it. I know this is Easter Sunday and I know that, that, that I'm supposed to talk about an empty tomb and a resurrected savior and, and that is what it's all about. But, but, but it, it, we are so quick to rush Jesus up to heaven that I think we miss the significance of the cross. We don't think about the pain and the agony and exactly what was taking place as Jesus hung at Calvary and as he died there for us. We, 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 we love the story of a, of a resurrected king who's resurrecting me. We love that and that is a part of the story. But you can't have Easter without Friday. You can't. 
And I don't know when you, when you, when you read about the crucifixion of Jesus, if you've really latched on to the significance of what Matthew writes to us in, in chapter 27, beginning in verse 45. So before I talk about an empty tomb, can I go back to Friday? Can we go back to Golgotha for just a second? And look what's happening here. It says in verse 45, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus calls out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means this, my God, my God, why have you abandoned or why have you forsaken me? Verse 50 says, then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and rocks split. Do you see it? Do you see what's happening here on the cross at Calvary? Do, do you see what's happening here when Jesus commits his spirit to the Father? As he yields his spirit on the cross, I, I, I would love for a movie to be made about this where, where the cameras kind of leave Calvary. They leave the cross for a moment and they go back to what's happening in the temple. As the priests are gathered there, many of which are probably responsible for hanging Jesus on the cross, as, as those priests are there going about their activities, thinking that they had solved the problem, that they had finally gotten rid of this so-called Messiah. Can you imagine their horror when it goes dark, when the ground begins to shake, when rocks split, and oh, when this veil, when this wall comes tumbling down, I can't help but think that they probably said some words that I can't say on Easter Sunday in church. That it messed them up. And it was torn not from the bottom up, from top down, meaning that no man can do this, only God himself, a supernatural work of God tearing down this wall that had separated people from him. Come on, somebody. That's what's happening here. That's Easter when Jesus commits his spirit to the Father. Oh, that thing that had separated us from God came crumbling down. Whoo! I've preached that five times and I think that's my best one yet, right there. I wonder what they were thinking. I wondered it after they woke up from passing out, if they kind of looked in. Is that all that's in there? We thought it was, can you imagine? This thing that had separated God from us. Oh, it was shredded. What 300 men could not move or do, God, with just the snap of a finger or just a wink or just a tore it down. What does this mean for us? I'm telling you, that's the best news you could get today. To, to, to know that you and I have access. Listen, as mysterious as Jesus' death is, and I know that there are so many people that, that, that try to reason it out, and, and there's so many scientific thoughts. Did he really die? Was he half dead? Did he really raise from the dead, or did somebody take his body? I, listen, there's so much that we don't know, but here's what I do know. I know that at the moment he gives his spirit, his spirit to the Father in heaven, God makes a way for you and I to come into his presence. Yeah. 
That's great news. That is great news for us. That God looked upon Jesus, his death on the cross. He saw it as the final sacrifice for all sin. And what it means is for those who accept Jesus Christ being their high priest, this mediator, this go-between God, listen, something incredible has happened. We are no longer separated from God's presence and now we can enter in and have a relationship with him. That is the Easter message. The author of Hebrews would explain it to us this way in Hebrews chapter four. He would say, so then, Since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, what is his name? Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not what? Sin. And so let us come how? How? Not, not with fear, not with trepidation, not embarrassed. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive judgment and wrath and condemnation. Is that what it says? There we will receive what, church? Mercy. And we will find what? Grace to help us when we need it most. You see? <laughs> Whew. By becoming the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ once and for all times has removed this barrier that sin has created. This wall that has been constructed and many still continue to add to, Jesus makes it possible for that wall to come down. For you and I, to be able to come into the presence of God. For you and I, because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, we have the potential to be forgiven and accepted. There's potential for for you not to be looked upon as a wretched, broken sinner, but as the righteousness of God, Scripture says, because of what Jesus has done. So I have a question for you this afternoon. What are the walls that you've constructed in your life? We all have them. Scripture says that for all have sinned. We we all are guilty of adding layers to this wall. In every one of our lives in this room today, there is a wall of something that is keeping Jesus from entering and having complete authority in us. For for some of you that have never said yes to Jesus, you've constructed a wall and and, and I don't know what it is for you, but, but, but just maybe it's this wall of pride. I, I don't need anybody telling me what to do. The, the, the life that I live is, is pretty good. I've got a lot of square footage. I drive great vehicles. I'm the life of the party. How could it get in? I'm just telling you, that wall of pride that you've constructed is keeping Jesus out and you from living what I believe is the life you were truly created to live. 
maybe for someone listening here today, the wall that you've constructed is, is a wall that, that maybe we can label as logic or reason or science, whatever it is. Uh, that, that Bible, that's just, that's just written by, by men. It's archaic. It's just another piece of literature. Those things that we read within its pages, come on, that's, that's old wives' tale. You know, that did he really die? Who knows? They thought, I mean, if we're not careful, we can overthink and, and, and think that science has to prove what we talk about today. And, and for you, you've built a wall. And, and that is also is keeping you from truly living the life that Jesus wants to give you, I believe. Maybe you're here today and you've said yes to Jesus. You have. It's interesting to me that in the crucifixion story, we, we read the account of one of the centurions that was present that day. This was probably the one that was giving the directive and the orders as to, hey, do this, do this, do that. He's thirsty. Give. He was probably directing. And I love what scripture says. Scripture says that at the moment that he watched Jesus die, he makes this declaration. Surely he was the son of God. Even in that centurion soldier's life, there was a shift that took place as he looked upon Jesus. It transformed him and changed him. Some of you are here today and you've had that moment. You've declared that Jesus Christ is Lord. You've professed that with your mouth. But you know what? You're still building a wall. You're, 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 you're keeping Jesus from truly doing in you what he wants to do. We, we still have this potential to sin, don't we? Maybe for you, you would put the label of, of, of uh, maybe entertainment is something in your life that is keeping you from being holy as, as he is, is holy. You remember, the holy of holies was symbolic of where the spirit of who lived? God lived. Hey, where, where is that today? It's in me. The moment I say yes to Jesus, what does he do with his spirit? plants it in the heart of a believer. I am to represent the presence of God. And for some of us, maybe as believers, there's something we've let sneak in that's, that's keeping us from truly being holy as, as pornography. The, the, the love of, of stuff, possessions and money. Oh, don't you talk about me giving to the causes and ministry of, of the house of God. It's mine. And if we're not careful, we'll build those walls, won't we? We'll build those walls. And it will keep us from walking in the freedom that Jesus came to give us. Well, what's that wall in your life today? What is it that's, that's has separated you from living the life that Jesus came to give you? They found something years ago on, on a portion of that wall in Berlin. That probably some young teenage Berlinian tagged it with, painted on that wall. That, 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 I, that I think is very fitting to where we're at today. The, 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 the words that this, this young person wrote said this, this wall will fall. Beliefs become reality. 
Today is the day for you, I believe, to step in to your reality. This Resurrection Sunday, this is the day in which I believe it's time for, for you to step into the real life that you were created to live. Just as Jesus died and was buried and rose from the grave, listen, I believe that for someone listening in this room today, it's time for your old you to, to die and be buried and done away with. And for you to rise up in, on Resurrection Sunday in this new life, that you were created to live. Am I talking to anybody today? Now I know what some of you are thinking. You don't know how sordid and ugly my life is. You, you, you don't know what I've been like or what I've done. I, I, I think that I may be too far gone. I've crossed too many boundaries. There is no hope for me. Hey, hey, Jimmy Hogan, did you think that at one point in your life as a young man? You did. Jimmy given declaration just a few days ago about the transformation that has taken place in his life because of Jesus Christ. The old Jimmy died, the new came. You see, that's what Jesus does. Things that are dead, he breathes into and brings back to life. That can be you. You're not too far gone. Can I just tell you what the Spirit of God says in the book of Revelation? For those of you that are thinking you're too dirty, you're too far gone, you're hopeless, let me just tell you what the Spirit of the Lord says. It says this, whosoever will may come. Whosoever will may come. Broken, ugly, profuse, absolutely. The Spirit of the Lord says, if that's you and you want to come to me, I'm here. The wall's been torn down. The veil has been shredded. And there is nothing keeping you back from the presence of God except you. He's done everything. The ball is in your court. Would you stand with me this morning?